Thank God for all of you being here tonight. The Lord is a good, he, he's such a good savior. He's a good God. And um, I wanted to deal with this, uh, the strategy for victory part five tonight. Just deal with this tonight. Sunday was amazing. Sunday was amazing. And um, if, you, if you haven't, how many of you have taken time to either get the download or watch it again, the replay, or host a, uh, host a uh, what do you call it, things, watch parties on your wall? Listen to it again. Listen to it again. Listen to it again. Take some of the bass out of this a little bit. Listen to it again. And it's going to bless you. Um, you just don't want to be a person that's, that has gifts lying dormant within you. You don't want to be a person that just has a lot of stuff in you and you don't take time to hone it and to deal with it and to become the best with what God's put inside of you. Because you're going to become um, a pro in an area where God has gifted you if you can spend time with the gift. All right? Say, so I have to spend time with the gift. Come on, say it again. I have to spend time with my gift. Say it again. I have to spend time with my gift. If you do that, then, then what you're going to realize is that everything that God put in you, it will not lie dormant and just sit there forever. Because think about this. Every natural and spiritual gift that God put in you, he put in you so that you can touch the world. When I say the world, I'm not talking about the United States. And the, you know, I'm talking about people who are in your world, people who know you. You don't know that, that, that the gift that God put in you, uh, there was a singer, uh, one time I heard a singer, and she sang, and um, uh, this, this, this is like at a, a, a like Radio City Music Hall. She was singing with an, uh, in an opera. Voice was, was beautiful, melodic. And um, after, after the show, uh, Brother Billy, the, the, the young person uh, who was there from, uh, I believe it was ABC News, was, was interviewing her and asking her on, 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 on the air, how did you get this kind of voice? How did this? How did you get here? You're singing at one of the, one of the most prestigious halls in all of New York. How did you get here? How did you do this? She said, "I trusted God with the gift." She said, "But then I spent time with the gift. I trusted God with with what He put in me that He that He places in me, and then I spent time dealing with the gift and honing it and dealing with it, and honing it." And she started giving a testimony as when when she was born, she had a a, a hole. In her, in her vocal box and couldn't sing. She said she went to church one day and her bishop laid hands on her and she got instantly healed and began singing from that day. 13 years old, began singing from that day and from that day forward, God began to anoint her voice to sing. She said, but what I did was I started using, uh, I started dealing with the gift and anywhere I went, I looked for an opportunity to sing. My question tonight is, with all the gifts that God has put inside of you, how many opportunities do you look for to express the gift? How often do you say, let me pray for you? If you're a singer, how often do you sing? If you're a songwriter, how often do you write songs? You know, we got people in here who draw. How often do you draw? How often does the world get to experience the gift that God put inside of you? Everybody's not going to preach a message behind a podium. Everybody in here is not going to be behind a podium somewhere. Say yeah. You're not, everybody's not going to do that. But you have something in you. You have something in you that can lead other people to God through that gift, whether natural or spiritual or a combination of both. Um, put your hand on yourself. Just put your hand on your belly. I'll, I'll, I'll deal with this. I'm, I'm going to change this out because put your hand on your belly and just say, say, Father, Father the gifts that you put in me, gifts that you put in me 
They belong to you. Say, Father, tonight I stir up the gifts that are within me. After tonight, these gifts will no longer lie dormant within me. Say, tonight I stir up the gifts. I realize, I realize that a lot of you have your Bibles and just put, take your, put your Bibles down and lift your hands up and let's just take a moment because I want God to know we're serious about this tonight. With all the stuff that he's put inside of you, I want you to take a moment tonight and just, first of all, thank God for all the stuff he's put in you, even the stuff you don't know that's in there. Thank him for a moment. Come on, do that. Father, we thank you for the gifts. Thank you for the stuff that you put inside of us even before we were born, before the foundation of the world. You've given us gifts and talents and anointings for such a time as this. God, tonight we love you for it. We thank you for it. We honor you. Come on, open up your mouth. Come on, people of God. Come on, open your mouth. We thank him for it. Come on, come on. We thank you for it. Now, I want you to, I want you to see yourself See yourself for a moment just as if your gift was inside of a box. The gifts that God gave you was inside a box. See yourself tonight getting a hammer and breaking that box up and releasing that gift within you, out of you. Just visualize that for a second. See yourself breaking, the, breaking that box open and the gifts that are within you being released out of you. Hallelujah. Come on, do that, do that, see that. Then I want you to declare the gifts that God's put inside of me. Come on, declare that. The gifts that God's put inside of me, they're going to touch the world. Come on, say it again. The gifts that God's put inside of me, they're going to touch the world. Say it one more time. The gifts that God's put inside of me are going to touch everybody in my world. Now somebody give God a praise. Come on. I want you to do that. I want you to do that because you have to, you have to be deliberate about the stuff God's put inside of you, seeing it grow. I, I've spent a lot, and I, I'm going to be very honest. I've, in my early, in my 20s, I spent a lot of time sitting on stuff inside of me that God put in me that I could, I could have been much further in if I wasn't lazy honest truth what caused what what caused me to be honest i mean the lazy was 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 that i wasn't honest with me and i spent a period of my life being very upset with other people who had the same gifts and talents and seemed like their gifts and talents the gifts and talents they had in them were taking them all over the place and i was upset because i saw something in them that i had in me but i hadn't honed Became very upset. Very, I almost became very depressed because I was saying, "I have it in me. I know it's in me. I just didn't utilize it." And one day, a prophet came to me and saw me and said, first of all, you don't need to be upset. You need to grow up. <laughs> you need to grow up. You need to grow up." And I said, "Okay, I'm, I'm going to grow up." He said, "No, the way you grow up is by taking full advantage of what God's put in you. Thank you. Taking full advantage of what God's put inside of you." When it's time for you to die, you don't want to die with a lot of, why didn't I? Why didn't I use this? Why didn't I go? Why didn't I? Some, some of y'all need to plan a vacation this summer. 
You didn't. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> only here. You need to. You need to. You need to plan a vacation this summer. You need to plan. You need to plan to go away for a couple of days. If you don't plan it, it's not gonna hit your life. I'm, I'm gonna tell you, I'm, I'm gonna say it again because we like to think I got so much I gotta do. Your kids will be fine for a week. Amen, somebody. The church will be just fine without you for a week. We're gonna miss you. Well, we I'd rather you go away and get replenished rather than stay here and be mad at us. <laughs> I'm serious. That's why sometimes I gotta get away. So y'all don't be like, hey, bitch, I'm like, hey. Bye. You need that. You got to plan on doing these things. Well, I don't have the money to go all the way to Cancun. Well, go up to Williamsburg or go, go, go down on the beach. Go walk in. Go and jump in the water. Do something that you've never done before. All right? All right. So we've been dealing with, everybody say, unusual victories. And um, we're dealing tonight with the strategy for victory part five. We're probably in this portion of, of unusual victories, but we're still going on Sunday. And then next Tuesday, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to start up another whole portion. So we're going to have a, a, a half a series going on Sunday and a half a series going on Tuesday. All right? Can y'all handle that? Y'all all right with that? All right. So uh, we're in 2 Chronicles 20. We, 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 we gave you some strategies that are going to propel you into victory. Last week, we ended off with being a doer. But let me just run through them right quick so that we can be up to date with where we are. We talked about... Um, the first strategy I gave you was don't allow bad news to keep you from believing God. Don't allow bad news to keep you from believing God. Then we moved from there and talked about um, and said how you deal with bad news determines what steps you're going to take to see victory. How you deal with bad news is going to determine what you do next. So a lot of people, a lot of people don't see victory because they give up because of the bad news that they're, that they're receiving or from the bad, the bad things that they think that they see. But this is why the Bible tells us, don't look at the things which are seen, but you look at the things which are not seen. How do you do that? By faith. You have to have a relationship with the word of God so that you can always be, be a step ahead of what the enemy is trying to fight you with. <clears throat> when the enemy says that you're not going to make it, you say, no, my God shall supply all of my needs. Why? I'm living a step ahead of the fight that's trying to come against me. The third, the third, uh, the third strategy we gave you was pray until God gives you a strategy. Too many people rush out and try to create something instead of being patient and waiting on God to give them a strategy for victory. So I got, I got all these bills, <clears throat> excuse me, I have all these bills and I have to pay these bills and I got to do this. Lord, what should I do? I just got a, a nice check. What sh how should I handle this? If we don't acknowledge him in all of our ways and we can't expect him to direct any of our paths. So we talked about that. We talked about that um, on week three. Pray until God gives you a strategy. Then we talked about uh, the fourth strategy, be honest. Be honest. Jehoshaphat said, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. In other words, he said, he said our, our mental faculties are rooted in what you're going to do next. We're looking at you for our next directive. How many people can honestly say that, that, that starting in January of this year, you're looking more to God for what's next, more than you ever have? I don't know about you, but I have, I'm looking... I want to know God what do I do next because I don't want to mess up like I have in past years you know you don't have to be in sin to mess up you, I'm going to say that again you don't have to be in sin to mess up you can be in self and mess up a lot of people don't mess up because they're in sin they mess up because they're in self and self will lead you to sin amen somebody 
fifth, the fifth strategy we gave you was believe the word of the Lord. Say, I have to believe the word. <clears throat> believe the word of the Lord. Then number six, we said worship. We dealt with that on, on uh, Sunday before last. And then we dealt with praise. All right? Worship and praise. So that's seven strategies already. And really, these are pre-strategies because in, in this, in, in 2 Chronicles 20, Jehoshaphat and, and the army hasn't even come up against the other three armies yet. So these are all the things that they had to do before they got the victory. So, so in order to have victory, I've been saying this since January 1st, you're going to have to roll up your sleeves to get victory. This is going to be one of them kind of years where you can't be slack and expect for God to give you a victory. If you want it, somebody say, I have to go after it. Come on, say it with some vigor. Say, I have to go after it. <clears throat> if you want it this year, you're going to have to roll up your sleeves. If you say this is what God told you is yours, you can't sit back this year. You're going to have to say, God, if this is what you told me and I heard you and you're giving me the strategy, I'm going after it. Yeah. All right? So uh, we left off last week with, um, with being a doer. Being a doer. How many of you were here last week? You remember that? We talked about being a doer. Being, so everybody said, I have to become a doer. Verse 20. 2 Chronicles 20 and verses 20 and 21, and we're going to deal with this tonight, and then we'll, we'll jump into the last, the last uh, strategy, and then we'll, we'll end this po portion of this prayerfully, prayerfully, prayerfully. And they rose up, verse number 20, and they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets and so shall you prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord and that, and that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. Somebody say, I have to do. This is a nugget uh, and I, I want to just, I'm, I'm going to deal with a little bit more of this and then we'll swing into the, into the last strategy. But doing is vital for victory. Doing is vital for victory. Can you say that? Doing is vital for victory. Can you say it again? Doing is vital for victory. One more time. Doing is vital for victory. I have yet to see anybody get a major victory without doing. God, the Bible says, we, and, and on, on Sunday we're, we're dealing with thanks be unto God who giveth us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. He gives us victory, but we don't see it until we do something. Say, I have to become a doer. We said last week that if you're going to be a doer, action is needed. So the question, the first question I want to ask tonight is, what do you have to do to see victory? If you say you want to see victory in your money, what is needed? What's needed? You can't just say, and my God, I shall supply all of my needs. No, 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 no. Back up a little bit. What's needed? I got to pay some bills off. I got to get out of debt. So what's needed? Money. Lord. Favor. Isn't it something how we always go to, I, I believe in God, to mess up the system. God's going God's gonna to take care of, he gonna, I believe in God to go over to TransUnion, Equifax, and put a block on the system, mess it all up for my favor. Isn't it something how Christians go like that? We think like that? Like every time God wants you to come out of something and he's going he's gonna to mess up the computer system. God's going to mess up the computer system on my behalf. I believe God that he's going to go up in there. I'm going to get this house in a month. You ain't saved a penny. 
Your credit ain't been worked on. You don't even know how much you're qualified for. You understand what I'm saying? But God's going to work a miracle in the system. And overnight, put all this money in your account and fix your credit score. Take you from 400 to 9,000. You'll be like, oh, look what Jesus did. And then it doesn't happen like that. And we're, we're like, we feel like, why would you do me like this? The issue is, you didn't do anything. The Bible says, faith without works is dead. And a lot of people, we got so much faith, but we don't have no work. We believe God. We believe that God said, this is mine. But there has to be a strategy to get into it. You can march around the house 40 times, 50 times, 100 times. What are you going to do after you finish marching? Y'all understand what I'm saying? You can't march and then go home and go to sleep. Marching is the act of faith. If God told you to do it, it's the act of obedience. But after you've done that, what has to be done? God, I need a strategy. I need you to give me a, a strategy on what I need to do so that I can get this credit score taken care of. How do I handle the credit? Now watch this. A lot of the doing is not just praying. Because the other side of doing is linking up with the right people who can give you the right information. So part of my prayer time is, Lord, link me with the right people and grant me favor with them so that I can get the right information and so that I can be connected in the right places so I can get what you said is mine. You don't even realize this, but the right, one, one, everybody say one person. The right person advising you or the right person that has the ability to take you through a door can mean everything. It can be the difference between getting the next miracle or being stuck where you are. We hook up with the wrong people and then we expect God to work a miracle. No, it don't work like that. I'm, one of my biggest prayers is, Lord, connect me with the right people for the next season of my life. Help me, God. Somebody say, Lord, connect me with the right people. That has to be a prayer of yours this year. If you're going to be a doer, while you're, do, while you're praying, while you are doing, you're going to have to pray, God, connect me with the right people. Jehoshaphat is saying to the inhabitants, first of all, I need to know who's connected to me, so I want to see if you can fast with me. Got to see who's connected with me. Can, you, can, can we move from a place of fear to a place of spiritual abundance? Can we fast and die to our flesh, and then can we pray? Because after he fasts and prays, he says to them, okay, let's, now, now, now we've heard the word, believe it. Yeah. Believe what the prophet said. Yeah. Notice, notice this, Jehoshaphat did not have to be the king and the prophet. Lord Jesus. He just had to be able to discern that a prophet was speaking. Oh, Lord. And my, my prayer is that, is that we, can, we can be able to discern this year when God is really speaking prophetically to us about our next he, said, he says to Judah and all the inhabitants, he says, listen, believe the Lord God. Notice he didn't say believe the prophet first. Lord, because you can have a lying prophet and don't even know it. What safeguards you from a lying prophet is how much you believe the Lord. Lord Jesus. He says, believe the Lord your God. Come on, talk to him and say, I have to believe God. He says, now go, go to verse 20. He says, believe the Lord God and you're going to be established. That means God is going, is going to make it so that your foot won't slip because you're standing on the word. Why? Because a real prophet is going to give you what thus saith the Lord. He says, and, and then watch this, believe the prophets and then you're going to prosper. 
Prosperity for them was not just getting money. Prosperity for them was winning the battle. And so think, think in terms of that this year. Don't think in terms of how much money you need. Think in terms of how many battles I need to win. Oh, Think about that. We, we, we tend to think in money because we all need some. So if someone says, God is going to bless you, your mind automatically goes to a dollar amount. I need $9,464 in the next three months. Thank you kindly, Jesus. That's how we think. We think in dollar amount instead of relational amount. So a lot of us think money. The moment we hear blessing or prosperity or prosper, we think money. We think an amount of a bill is going to get paid. And we don't think that, now what he's telling them here is prosperity is linked to the battle being won. Say, say my prosperity is linked to every battle I win. Because watch this, connected to every battle you win is a level of, of, of the, the, the bounty of what they had that now becomes yours. Think about this. The way they fought back in those days was one king defeated another king and then took all that that king had. Now watch. Every time, every time the devil comes against you or he sends a, a demonic spirit against you, when you, when you defeat that thing, whether it's something in your bloodline, whether it's, whether it's a fight in your mind, whenever you defeat that thing, there comes a level of prosperity that's connected to that. Every time you get, a, you get another win, you get, you, 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 your, 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 your worth in the kingdom goes up. I'm going to say that again. Every time you get a win, your worth in the kingdom goes up. How, now, remember, um, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know, but who are you? You remember that? What, what that demon was talking about was worth. Paul, I know. I know what he's worth. Jesus, I know, because he defeated us. But what's your worth? A lot of Christians don't have enough victories to hold enough weight in the spirit so that even demons have a hard time coming up against you. So it's, it's very hard for a lot of people to even deal with spiritual warfare aspects because we can't deal with natural warfare. We can't deal with natural stuff. You don't like me? Now you become my enemy. So a lot of, a lot of what, what we call spiritual warfare is really just us against another person. Or us against our families. Oh, Lord. Or us against ourselves. Or us against past things that, that we can't break free from in our mind. Think about it. How many things plague you from your past that you can't shake today? A lot of the warfare that you're dealing with is, some, is from something that has happened that is still connected to your soul. So when the enemy, watch this, when you start, when you start going into a new season, I'm, ooh, this is a new territory for me. Oh, Lord, I thank you. Faith steps. Oh, I thank you. All the enemy really has to do is take your memory back to a place where you have not overcome. And he doesn't have to fight you at a new level. This ain't no new level, new devils. This is old devils, old problems. So a lot of the stuff, now watch this. The same stuff that you dealt with in your last relationship, if you don't get delivered from that, you're going to see the same thing in the new relationship. 
probably worse. We call it baggage. When the truth is, it's just that we haven't closed doors and finished stuff. And forgiveness is just a piece of it. I forgive you for what you did to me. I forgive all the stuff you said to me. I forgive all the After that, you're going to have to go through some inner healing. But the way, now watch this. How do you, how do you deal with inner healing? Most people deal with inner healing by getting with somebody else so that, because that to us is soothing what has happened to us. If somebody can tell me my worth, if somebody can tell me I'm beautiful, if you came out of an abusive relationship and the next man tells you how beautiful you are, then what we tend to do is forget what happened. We never heal from it until the one you with gets upset with you and says, yeah, you ugly, and now you're getting the flashback. Y'all get what I'm saying? And a lot of us, the truth of the matter, if we can be honest, come on, be honest with me tonight, the truth is that a lot of us haven't healed from stuff that has happened. So if you're really going to be a winner, you're going to have to go backwards. If you're really going to win, while you're going forward, because you can't do more than one thing, you were made in, in his image and in his likeness. Can God do it? So that means you can do it. You, while, while you're going forward in your walk with God, you're going to have to get delivered from memories and thoughts. You might not physically still be getting hit, but, but your mind hasn't fully gotten healed from the last hits. 20 years ago. But they still feel like you got the, you got the bruises on the inside. Verbal abuse. The moment someone says something and they oppose anything that, you, that, 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 that you're saying, if you've been verbally abused in the past or you've had a lot of conflict, it's very hard to deal with somebody who doesn't agree with everything you say. So what we have to do now is you got to look for the triggers. What causes you to shut down? What makes you go crazy? Come on, I'm being honest. Come on, we've got to be honest about this stuff because the way we get healed is we got to be real. The thing that causes you to flip is the thing you need to get healed from. And most times we don't know that there's an issue until a button is pressed that we didn't know was a button and we start acting out. And you're like, oh, Lord, I didn't mean to say all of that. Oh, I'm so sorry, God, Lord, I repent before you. While you're crying about and repenting, what caused this? Come on, because this year, I'm telling you, I'm training winners. We got we to win this year. You don't win. You don't win by, by moving forward in your, in your body, but your, your, your soul is back there in 1999. So you know what the enemy does? The loop of the enemy, the loop of the enemy is to constantly, or when, and, and this, this is the, 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 the real biggest thing, is when you're about to transition into something new, is to cause something that happened before to happen again to see if you're delivered from it. I'm telling you how the devil works. Come on, this is this is this is knowledge. This is this is kingdom knowledge 101. When you how do I, how do I know that I'm about to transition? How do I know what, that I'm I'm about to get a win? How do I know that God's about to give me an unusual victory? What's plaguing you now that used to plague you before? What problem is showing back up again to try to test you to go backwards? Or so that what's in you that is lying dormant can be shaken up so it can come out. 
Now, that's something to think about. Because we just want to dance and hallelujah and have a Holy Ghost party and run around the church and scream and oh! But we go home, we got to deal with the real us. You got you to gotta church you. <laughs> he said, and then you got to you you. There's a, that all of us have a side to us that we keep primping proper. You wouldn't dare come and be like, I don't give a blank, blank about none of this. You wouldn't do that. You might think it. You might think it. And every once in a while, I catch a couple of those. Uh-huh, I see you. I see you. <laughs> but we, don't, we, don't, we wouldn't say it. But when we leave here, the real you is really unleashed. Y'all must say amen to that because y'all know, you're like, is he catching anything tonight? No, no, I'm, I'm, come on, say hallelujah, amen. The real you is really unleashed when you leave here, the corporate setting. Because underneath all of the praising and all that stuff is the you that only you know. Even if you told me your life story and all the stuff, you, you're going to leave something out. You're going to leave out what you're struggling with. You give me a little taste of it. You know, and every once in a while, I just lose my temper. Okay. Well, we all lose our temper. You know, we all lose our temper a little bit. You ain't saying you throw, you throw glasses and you, <laughs> you be cussing folk out and you be, <laughs> you be kicking holes in walls and punching holes in walls, breaking car windows. You don't say all of that. You don't say none of that. You just be like, every once in a while, I just go, I have my moments. I have, you know, we all have moments, Bishop. You understand what I'm saying? And I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get that. I don't know what moments are like that. Okay. <laughs> the enemy's job is to is to get you is to get you so engulfed and enamored in your past stuff that you stop doing doing currently. If you're gonna see victories this year, somebody say, I have to be a doer. What stops you from doing entrapments? Being ensnared. Past stuff. So think about this. How much stuff, and they're all really called what? Distractions. Distraction is not, a distraction is not just a beautiful female, a, beautiful, a, a wonderful male coming into your life and keeping you away from the things of God. Because everybody ain't distracted by, by the opposite sex. Some people are distracted by money. Some people are distracted by them extra hours at work. So when it's time to corporately praise God, they're like, I can't do that because I got work. Y'all quiet. It's a distraction. It's a distraction. It keeps them from, from coming and doing what the Bible says. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. It keeps them from doing that. And they do it under the guise of, I need more money. So other people are distracted by wounds, stuff that's happened in the past, and they're having a hard time. They just can't let it go. It's like it just keeps replaying in their mind. They're replaying in their mind. They have no peace, but they come to church. They have no peace, but they, but they fellowship with us. They have no peace, but we eat dinner. They, we eat on Tuesday nights. They have no peace, but we smile together. We go, we go bowling together. We go eat out after church sometimes. We all together, but it seems like this keeps plaguing them. Other people are distracted, watch this, by themselves because they're self-centered. It's a distraction. Self, they're, they're distracted by themselves. They're beautiful. 
They got needs. They're wonderful. It's all about themselves. What's in this for me? It's a distraction. But everybody's distraction might not be the same, but we all have a distraction. What is the distraction in your life and why are you distracted now? What are the distractions in your life and why are you distracted now? Or why is it the enemy distracts you at certain seasons of your life? What, what is the distraction for? The distractions come to keep you from doing. All right? Some people say, you know, I, 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 have, I have good intentions. I, I wanna, I, I'm planning on doing what God said to me. Someone said that to me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it, Bishop. I said, good intentions don't equal obedience. Because you could, you could have been saying, I'm going to do this for five years now. And really, delayed obedience is really disobedience. When God speaks for you to do, you have to, you have to move when he gives you the directive. We're kind of dealing with this, mirroring this on, from, from Sunday. You have to move when he gives you the directive. Say, I have to move when he gives me the directive. All right. Um, look at what Jehoshaphat did after they praised, they worshiped, and they prayed. They followed the directive of the Lord. Verse number 21. Look at what he does. Look at what he does. He consults with the people. He's talking with the people. They're talking back and forth. We don't know, we don't know what they're saying, but they're talking back and forth. And the Bible says, as they begin to talk, Jehoshaphat appoints singers unto the Lord. Now, this is amazing to me because he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't ordain worshipers and say, you guys are going to be the singers and worshipers to lead us somewhere. Their only job is to sing to the Lord. Their job is to serenade God. What kind of strategy is this? You say, we got to do. And now, this is the issue. God says, I want you to be a doer. Then when, then when he tells you what to do, we don't like what he's saying to do. Because most times when God tells you to do something, it makes no sense and it seems like it's not, it has nothing to do with what you're going through. They got three armies coming up against them and now the prophet comes in and says to them, you guys are going to win the battle, God's going to do some great things and, and, and you're going to follow the leading of what he starts telling them and stuff. Then, then Jehoshaphat starts talking and says, listen guys, we got to hear what the, word, what the prophet said, we got to obey the word of the prophet, we're going to be established, we're going to prosper. And then, then they, 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 the people say something back to him and then he goes, wait a minute, I just, I feel this. Um, you, 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 and all a hundred back there. Y'all come up here. I want all of y'all to now become singers, and we're gonna, I want you to sing to the Lord. Wait, what? This is how we're going to win the battle, y'all. This is how we're going to win the battle. The Lord has spoken. We're going to win the battle because y'all are going to sing to the Lord. I'm sure if I'm there, and in my natural mind, I'm thinking this dude and lost it. Maybe he started fasting before us. <laughs> he said, watch this. He appointed singers unto the Lord. Is that what your Bible says? And their job is to praise the beauty of his holiness. Their job is to magnify how holy he is. Whew. The job of the singers is not necessarily to deal with the, 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 three, un, uh, the three coming armies against them. Now, so far, he said, we're going to win the battle, and he's telling us to sing unto God because of how holy he is. We still don't have no strategy on how we're going to win. But God told, told Jehoshaphat, I want you to tell them to sing to me. What is he doing? He want, now, if you're going to be a doer, you're going to have to learn 
where to direct your worship. He tells them, I want them to sing to me. This is what God is saying. I want them to sing to me. So he says, I want y'all, all of y'all get on this front line, and I want y'all to sing to God. What are we going to sing about? His holiness. We're going to sing about how, how holy he is. We're going we're to sing about that he's the only God that can save us. We're going to sing about that not only is he holy, but, but he, a holy God is our God. And this is what they got to do in order to win. Write this down. Unusual victories come when I follow unusual instructions. Unusual victories come when I follow unusual instructions. God, I feel the anointing on that. God may be telling you to do something that makes no sense. To your nat- it makes no sense to your budget. Sow this seed. You're like, Lord, are you kidding me? If I sow that seed, I'm already three days late. You're telling me to sow this seed. God may say, go, go over there and, and, and give, this, give this person a hug. I don't even know them. What if the person you hug is the owner of the house you said you wanted? Y'all don't, y'all don't like me. A lot of times, what, what God is doing is he's challenging our obedience level. Somebody say he's challenging my obedience level. Now watch this. He says, I, I'm gonna, I want you to sing and praise the beauty of his holiness. And he says, and I want you to go out in front of the army. And this is what I want you to sing. This is what I want y'all to say. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Pray, now, what a song. What a song. What a song. What a song. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And that's what we're going to sing? Yeah, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. That's what we're going to sing. That's all we're going to sing. The choir is <clears throat> getting ready. Pray, 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 pray. Uh, uh, pray, pray, pray. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. That's what we're going to sing. And that's what he's telling them to do. It makes no sense. How are we going to win a battle to my praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever? And, and if we out in the front singing, we're going to be the first to die. Y'all don't like, what, what, what is God doing through this? He's challenging their level of reasoning. Because in order to get a victory, the world says, send, send the people that got the spears and the arrows and the guns and the knives out first. And y'all stand behind him and praise God as you, as you see the enemy dying. You ain't, up until now, we've never seen singers go out first and win a battle. It ain't, it's never been recorded. No one has a military strategy like this. But ours is prophetic. Oh, God. Our strategy is a prophetic strategy that nobody else has. Think about this. I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm, I'm to teach a series in, in, in later on in the year, and it's going to talk about how God is changing the technology. Up until now, nobody has ever went out before the army and sang. But what was God doing? He was changing the whole technology of how to get a win. You want to know what God will do? God will change the method of what you got to do to get a victory. And nobody in your family's ever done this. Nobody's ever seen this before. You're going to be the first in your family to be fully debt free. Your family's going to be debt free. Nobody in your bloodline has ever been debt free. You're going to be the first one to own your car, own your house, pay off your come on, pay off your your your, your student debt. All of it's going to be good. You're going to be debt free, business owner. And and watch this. How are you going to do it? He has to give me a strategy. He's going to give you a different technology. You think Facebook and networking is going to get it for you. And God said, no, that ain't going to be it. 
praying and fasting is going to get it. It's a different technology. It's a different way. But if you follow what he says to do, you're going to see his results. Oh, I wish I had somebody who wants to see God's results. Somebody said, Lord, give me your results. All they got to do is go out before the army and be vulnerable enough to do, watch this, what they are skilled to do. You hear what I was talking about on Sunday? These people had to have been people who put time into worshiping God. So the whole company of Jerusalem and the inhabitants of Jerusalem had to know these are the people who worship. When he's calling them out, he's calling them out based on how much time they put into worship. Because God is not going to call a novice to deal with three Three, three battle, three, three different nations coming up against them. He says, I w- I'm going to put out the best. So they had to put time into worship, watch this, without being ashamed of who God's called them to be. So you got a whole front line of the best worshipers out of all of the company. You got the a front line, the front liners are the people who put time in when it's not convenient. Lord Jesus. They're the ones that put time in, watch this, when everybody else was sleeping, they're off in the woods singing. And he says, these are, God says, these are the ones I want. The people who have put time and energy into what I put into them. Whew. Now think about that. He said, I'm, I'm going to let them stand up in front. And they're going to become, their praise is going to become a sword. Their singing is going to become a javelin. Lord Jesus. Everything that they do on the front line, matter of fact, y'all put y'all stuff away. He tells the army, put your stuff away because I'm going to teach y'all a new technology. How worshiping me will get you a victory. Because this is it. We have focused so much on what's coming against us that we put no focus back on God. We, a lot of us are guilty of spending so much time worrying about how many bills we got, how much they cost, when it's due, and we spend no time staying in the presence of God so that he can give us a strategy. And when that happens, what, what are we doing? We're telling, we're telling God that the bill gets more of our attention than he does. That a due date calls us to have butterflies in our stomach because we want our credit to be perfect. Rather than, rather than getting butterflies because we're getting in his presence. Y'all understand what I'm saying? All right, I'm, okay, ne- ne- the next part of the strategy, the, ni- the ninth part of the strategy is this one word, watch. Watch. So they're, 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 they're doing, before that they've worshiped and praised, but now he says watch. This is the, ne- the, ninth, the ninth strategy is watch because this is where we're going to start seeing the rubber hit the road. Now watch this, verse number 22. And when they begin to sing and to praise. Now watch this. Go back up to verse number verse number 21. It says, he only told them to say praise the Lord or to sing praise the Lord, really, for his mercy endures forever, right? But go down to 21, I'm 22, and it says, and when they begin to sing and praise you see that he told him to sing but but watch this you can't be a worshiper and not be a praiser they begin to the bible says they begin to sing and praise and the lord set ambushments 
against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which will come together against, against Judah, and they were smitten. Um, the word ambushments here means it means that uh, it means it means surprise attack. Making a surprise attack on someone or group. Surprise attack. It also means to hide oneself with the intent to attack suddenly. Amen. To hide oneself with the intent to, to attack suddenly or unexpectedly. From a concealed position. So, so, so watch this. When they begin to praise, the Bible says that God inhabits the praise. He, he comes out and lives in it. So look at how God set this up. He says, I want y'all to watch and see what I'm about to do to your enemies. You didn't worship, you didn't praise, you didn't fast, you didn't done all this stuff. Now I want you to see something. You can't put the work in and don't see God move. Lord, you can't be a doer and God don't show up and do something. Look, uh, so, so this is what happens. The Lord himself, as they're worshiping him and praising him, his spirit comes down in the praise. And he, God hides himself in their worship. Think about, think about sound and how it travels. I don't have time to get into all of that. But sound and sound waves and how they travel. Every time they said, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. When they did that, the, the sound waves traveled and God hid in the sound wave. And from where they were at, from the time that, praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever, by the time it got from their lips to the front of, of Ammon, Mount Seir, come on, and Moab, when, 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 when they could no longer hear it, God showed up. Oh, God. He hid himself in their praise. And when their praise stopped, when they could no longer hear it, God hit them. Pow! That's an ambushment. Where God hides in the praise, hides in the sound wave, hides in their worship, and he, make, he makes a surprise attack on the enemy through their praise. You can't tell me that praises don't get victories. You can't tell me that people who worship don't see unusual stuff happen for them. If you're going to see God do something unusual for you this year, don't be so cute that you can't praise God. Come on here. Come on. If it means you got to take your shoes off, it means you got to clap your hands, you got to sweat a little bit. Come on. Don't wear the clothes that you, that you don't want to get messed up if God happens to move. We come with the intent of God's going to move. So I'm coming dressed comfortably. Why? Because I expect to see the unusual. I wish you'd touch somebody and tell them unusual is coming to your house. The Lord hid in their praise. He hid in their worship. And by the time they said, praise the Lord for his mercy and forever. By the time it hit right in front of them and, and they couldn't hear it no more, God came right out of the praise and said, They thought that somebody else on the left and the right hit them and started getting mad with each other. Oh God, what, what, what was God doing? He was confusing the enemy. He was confusing the hearts of the enemy. They came with the intent to do harm to God. 
God's people, but the more the God's people praise. Come on, stand on the front line, people of God, because this is the way God's going to get you an unusual victory. They stand on the front line with an imminent attack in front of them, imminent danger in front of them, but the more they worship, oh, come on, the more they praise. God came out the praise and hit their enemies and hid back in the next praise and came out and they got a whole front line of people praising and God is hitting everybody to everybody's praise. Let me hear me, hear me, hear me. If you can just praise God consistently for 365 days, you're going to see God come out of your praise and attack your enemy. Come on here. The devil ain't going to know what hit him. He's not going to know what to do with you if you can be a worshiper and lift your hands and worship him right now. Come on. Watch what God's about to show you. They, were, they, they started out being fearful. They started out in fear because of the threat of three armies, major armies coming up against them. But when it came time for the war, they had enough strategy to know that they couldn't fight them in the flesh. And the Bible said the weapons ah, yeah, yeah, of our warfare are not carnal. This, is a, this, this right here is, is God showing us a mighty weapon in worship and praise. A mighty weapon in this thing. Watch this. If you can just say, God, for the rest of this year, I ain't going to worry about how many visitors come. I ain't going to worry about who's here. I'm not going to worry about what kind of service it is. Come on. If that means that I got to be the committee of one, I will bless the Lord. Help me. At all times. And it's praise. Go to verse number 24. We're done. We're done. For real. We're done. Verse 24. And when Judah came towards the watchtower in the wilderness... They looked onto the multitude. Now, this is after this is after the battle's finished. They want to see what God really did. This is this all about watching. You can't now they 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 they, they saw each they, they, they saw everybody fighting each other, but they didn't know what really happened. So they they, they go they go into the wilderness and go up on the watchtower so they can see. The watchtower was actually the place where they saw the enemy that was coming against them. Everybody goes and stands on top of the watchtower and looks out. And the Bible says they, they looked into the multitude and all they saw was dead bodies. Not one, no God, not one enemy stood. Not, no, now watch it. They, 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 watched, they watched three full armies die and not one of them got blood on them. God is going to keep you clean in the next attack. I feel the Holy Ghost. I said, God is going to keep you clean in the next attack. He's, God's, going to, God's going to make it so that you don't have to get dirty in the next fight. Somebody said, I have somewhere else I got to be after this fight. <laughs> and God's going to make sure that you are clean in the next fight. But if you wrestle against flesh and blood, you're going to get messed up. But if you wrestle from a place of, of hearing God and getting a strategy, they looked and saw the dead bodies. Now, here, now, I, now that's great. But this is the thing that messed me up, Brother Bill. Look, 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 look at this. It says, uh, and behold, there were dead bodies that fallen to the earth, and none escaped. When God fights a battle for you, he doesn't, he doesn't take care of the enemy halfway. Ooh. 
He doesn't take care of the enemy just and the enemy still halfway breathing and get and get high and get himself together to come back at you. Some of y'all have been dealing and wrestling with stuff that's about to die forever. Y'all missed the word of the Lord. Y'all missed the word of the Lord. Y'all missed a good place to shout on the God. I said, you're dealing with stuff and you've been, you've been dealing with stuff, but God told me to tell you this stuff is about to die forever. You've been dealing with generational stuff that's about to die off of your life. You all come on. You've been dealing with stuff plaguing your mind that's about to die off. And everybody say, not escaped. Now, now, I don't know about you, but I just believe God's word so much that if he can do it for Jehoshaphat, that the stuff that's been plaguing me, God could have been setting us up that 2020 be the year that the enemy doesn't come back. Now watch. Look, look at what happens. Someone, someone just write these three words. Write these three words. Four words. It's four words. Write these four words down and it's going to bless your life. And I want you to, I want you to declare these words every time you pray, every time it looks like the enemy's trying to come after you, declare the threat is over. Say, say, it, say it again. Say the threat is over. Come on, say the threat is over. Say it again, the threat is over. I declare you will not live this year and have knots in your stomach. You're not going to live this year worried about what's about to hit your family. You're not going to be in a blessing wondering how long it's going to last. It's going to last till the next blessing. It's not going to be the year for you to be all up in arms because you don't know what's going to come next. I'm going to tell you what's going to come next. The next miracle. The next blessing. The next breakthrough. Shout it, shout this one time. The threat is over. The is over. Now, if all that wasn't enough, go to verse 25. Now, here goes the unusual victory part. That, that right there was, was, was the first part of the unusual victory, but verse 25 is the thing for me. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them. Now, watch this. Look at me. Look at me. Say this. There is a spoil. Anytime the enemy comes after you, there is there's something behind it. There is, there's a level of your next miracle that comes behind the biggest fight. Now, now for every, every, de- every demon that comes up against you, there's something in it for them. If a demon can follow out their plan of attack and, and follow that thing out with you, they get rewarded with rank in the devil's kingdom. But, but if you can prevail against the attack, you get power over that spirit. Oh, God, help me here. This is real. He says, behold, I've given you power over. You don't get power over until after you wrestle and defeat it. Once you have gotten victory over a thing, that thing that no longer has legal right to have victory over you ever again. Why? Because he whom the sun sets, y'all gonna talk here to me. Y'all missing a good place to holler and scream tonight. Some of you don't even realize this, but the, but the reason for the fight is because the enemy knows that if you can endure to the end, that you're going to be saved from this. You're going to endure past this. You're going to get victory over this thing. And this thing is going to be, watch it. Your children are not going to deal with this. Your, your grandchildren ain't going to deal with this. Somebody say, it ends with me. And some of you, the reason why the attack has been so, so heavy against you is because the enemy wants to perpetuate the curse. He wants to keep the thing going in your bloodline. He wants to keep the thing fighting your children. He wants to keep the thing fighting your cousins. He wants to keep this same thing fighting your sisters and brothers. But I declare tonight, somebody say, it ends right here. And as God gives you the victory over, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. As God gives you the victory over this, hear me, you'll be able to declare to that spirit, you got to back up off my mama. Come on, get out of my children. Come on, get out of my house.
household. And every demon in hell is going to have to respect your voice. John, I know. Come on. Jesus, I know. Peter, I know. And I know you too. Why? Because I got victory over you. Where are the victorious Christians at? Where are the people who saying, I'm not going to take another year of this? Where are the people that are saying, I'm going to get my money this year and I'm going to be a steward over what God put in my hand. I'm not going to play no more games. I ain't got time to be bitter with people. But somebody say, this is my year for overflow. Touch somebody and tell them, this is your year of overflow. Come on. Tell them, this is the year you're going to see everything happen. Prophesy to somebody next to you and tell them, say, you're going to see everything happen this year. This is the year that God has to blow your mind because this is the year he's given you victory. This is the year he's going to give you victory over your enemy. Somebody say victory over my enemy. I didn't say victory over people. I said victory over my enemies. Everything that's coming to oppose what God has put inside of you and to stop what God's putting on you. Everything that's trying to stop you from believing God's word. Everything that's trying to fight your mind and fight your money. It has to go down. Somebody say this corner. Get ready for a showdown. Get ready for a showdown. Because the enemy has been trying for a long time. But somebody say, I have power over him. Watch this. I feel something coming up. I feel something on me now. Hey, hey, hey. I feel something on me tonight. Glory to God. Woo. Ha, ya, ya, ha. Uh, there's a spoil you want to walk away with. The enemy knows that you're about to be empowered not just to have power over the devil or any demonic force, but God's about to empower you to walk away with the spoil. There's a level of increase and overflow and blessing and money and health and wealth and, and prominence that God's about to give you once you defeat this thing here. You're about to see things you ain't never seen before. God's going to give you God's going to give you access to open doors like you've never had before. He's going to allow you to have a seat at the table. You're going to be able to make your own deals. You're going to be able to say, "No, thank you. I don't want that. I want to work with you. I want to do this over here." You'll have you'll be able to create your own way. Why? Because after after you suffered a while, God's going to establish you. He's going to perfect you. And the Bible says, "You will want somebody to shout these words for nothing." You know what that means? Overflow. I'll be able to go into the house and say, I don't want this one. Take me to another one. And I'm not being arrogant, but this is not the one. How do you know when it's going to be the one? I feel it in my spirit. Uh, so either you're the realtor for me or not, because you will have to be able to work with me. I need to, I need to lay my hand on your back and pray for you that God will give you insight and understanding. God will give you favor because you get favor means I get favor. See, that's where we're headed to. Come on. See, that's what God wants you to be. He wants, he says, I'm gonna make you the head, not the tail. That don't that, that that's not just in, in, in terms of spirituality, it's in terms of finances. It's in turn, come on, it's in terms of business, it's in terms of watches. Anything that your heart desires that God said is yours, what watches once, once you overcome a level you get the spoil of that level some of the stuff that has been owed to us has been held back because we haven't we haven't defeated the level yet haven't defeated the level yet but all somebody say this quarter come on I'm not waiting for the end of the year I'm talking about there's some stuff I feel a, I feel a good showdown coming up 
I'm telling y'all what I hear in the Holy Ghost. This is the time to pray like you never prayed before. Because I feel a good showdown coming. I feel like that nigga's going to try to spring his head up. But this time, we're going to chop his head up. Come on. Like David did Goliath. He didn't just spit it and hit him in the head. He said, I'm going to make sure you out of here. He went, and got, uh, he went and got the sword and cut his head off. Why? Because you ain't never coming back. Help me, God. What? Now, this is all God. How do you know it's God? Because watch this. When the children of Israel are leaving Egypt, he says, turn around and look at your enemies last time. He said, the enemy you see today, what did he say? You will never see ever again. Why? Because when God says it's over. When God puts an end to something and hear me, hear the word of the Lord, you suffered long enough. You've gone through long enough. Come on, hush up. I feel a prophetic coming on me. You have gone through long enough. You cried late in the midnight hour. Nobody understood your pain. You couldn't even tell your testimony to nobody. They wouldn't believe you if you told them. Come on, some of you have been plagued by sickness. You've been plagued in your mind. Your bloodline has been plagued. You wanted to see your spouse saved. Wanted to see your children saved. But somebody say it's about to happen. It's about to happen for us. Why? Because we're about to cut the head off of the thing that's been coming against us and no weapon form. God, I feel like preaching tonight. I know it's Bible study. Forgive me tonight. But no weapon formed against you. It's not a cliche. Somebody say it's now reality. It's reality now. I, I'm done wrestling with this. I'm done fighting with this thing. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done wrestling with the proclivities in my flesh. Somebody say it ends now. Oh, watch, watch. I right, sit down, y'all. Says watch this. When they came, now watch this. They knew there was a spoil. You don't ever engage in a fight, and you better not ever believe. That any time you're in a fight against the devil, any demonic presence, that there's not a spoil. There always is a spoil. There is always something that you're going to walk away with that you've never had. You're going to walk away with something. You might walk away with a limp, but you're, you're going to get a name change. I said you might have a limp, but you'll have a name change. That means God in heaven recognizes you as somebody new. That means what has happened can never happen again. Why? Somebody say he's changing my name. The limp is what people don't want. Because the limp shows that you've been in a war. Nobody wants to say I'm a veteran. Because people, people look at veterans as has-beens. You don't have to say I'm a veteran. You don't just say I'm a soldier. Uh. You declare I'm a soldier. Why you got that? Why do you praise like it? Nobody praises like you. You know, I got that praise coming out of something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got that praise when I when I prayed through. I got this kind of worship. Your worship is so odd. No, no, no. It's my worship. This is the thing God gave me when I came out of what I was in. You'll never understand the cost of the oil. Come on, talk to me. You'll never ask. You'll never ask. You'll never understand the cost of the oil that he poured into me. I got this oil coming out of a trial. I got this oil coming out of a fight. I got this oil coming out of death. Come on. How do you, how do you get that? Why, does you, why, 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 is, uh, why is Kedra's praise so unique? Why is Billy the way he is? Why, Tommy, why, why everybody here have unique things? Because you've come out of too much. And based off of what you came out of, you may have a mark that says you was in it. But it's only a scar now. <laughs> it's only a scar now. 
is no somebody shout is no longer a wound. Hear me. I, I'm just trying to get off this point. There is always a spoil. Why you been fought so hard? Because you're about to walk away with something big. You're about to walk away with something that, you, that your family's never seen before. Some of you are about to step into the biggest anointing of your life. Some of you have been, have, have been ordained for a worldwide anointing, but, you, but it's only been local because you haven't, you haven't finished going through it. But somebody said, I'm finished now. I'm coming out of the other side of this thing now. I, I, I went into this thing naive. I didn't know it was going to cost me as much as it cost me. I didn't, I didn't know that it was, was going to be ostracized the way I was. I didn't know that, 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 watch this, that the wage of sin was going to be death. And the death wasn't death of my life, but death of me. Death of my personality. Death of what I wanted. But now that he has, now I've suffered a while. Somebody say, I'm ready. ready. You ready? Some of you have, some of you are carrying stuff. Some of you, it seems like the weight you've been carrying has been unfair, I hear the Holy Ghost saying. That's been a part of the burden of the battle. You seem like, Lord, it seems like I don't have the stamina. I don't have what everybody else has. And, and what I got is different. God made you like that. When you see other people running past you and you struggling to get another step in, I don't celebrate the fact that they ran ahead of me. I'm celebrating the fact that I'm still walking. I might not be running. I might not, somebody hear me, I might not be running, but somebody say, I'm still moving. God, why would you put all this on me when your word says you wouldn't put more on me than I can bear? He said, no, you have been able to bear this. You've been walking with this for 10 years. Okay, what's the purpose of it? What's the purpose of walking with this? Overseer, what's the purpose of walking with this? Because when he takes it off of you, he says, by my God, I have been able to leap over. Come on. I've been able to run through troops and leap over walls. How do you get that? You only get that when he puts the weight on you for such a long time. But when he takes the weight off of you, that's the season this ministry is heading. He's taking the weight off of us now. So guess what? He said he's going to make your feet like hind feet. Just step on high places. This time when you jump, you're going to go higher than you've ever gone before. This time when you pray, you're gonna, you, what, your prayer is going to take you to another dimension. This time when you fast, every, every demon in hell is going to back up from you. Why? Because I had to carry the weight for so long. I've been carrying this. Somebody know what I'm talking about? I've been carrying this weight for so long that I almost lost myself. But I, somebody shout, but I never stopped moving. I, I'm only 25. But in this, watch this, but for some reason I feel like I'm 50. What are you doing to me, God? Why you got me going like this? God said, no, no, I'm training you for reigning. Training is never glorious. Training, oh God, come on. You say, oh Lord, I thank you for this unusual victory. Now he said, no, I'm going to train you for it. He's been training some of us for a long time, but now he's about to take the weight off of us and you're about to do some incredible things. Unusual victories equals incredible feats. How you got a business that's going to go from a couple of hundred dollars to two million dollars overnight? How does that happen? People are going to say, oh, this is a, she just you came up overnight. No, no, you don't realize I've been in this for 20 years. 
I've been on the backside of the mountain, Olivia, drawing. Uh, everybody else was going out partying, I was drawing. What were you doing? You was on the backside of the mountain getting ready for your day. Hashanaya. You were getting ready for your day. And, it, and the thing that hurts us in the flesh is that, watch it, the human side of us wants to be human. I want to have a life. Anybody? Maybe it's just me. Maybe just, I just want a life. I just want a life. I just want to, want to go out. Want to have fun. Whatever that is. I just, want to, I just want to be around people that I don't have to speak in tongues around all the time. But when I go out, the tongues come up. I'm like, God, why? Why? I got to be one to give everybody a word. Who gives me the word? Who prophesies to the prophet? And, 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 and when the tears fall down my face, you know what God says? I've been training you. Uh, I've been training. Uh, I know it's an unusual Bible study for y'all. I've been training you. Watch this. Because there's going to come a day that everything that's in you is going to have to be poured into somebody else. You can't pour if you've never been trained. Because in the training, he gets rid of the mixture. In the training for raining, he gets rid of everything that's contaminated in you. And the reason why you can't be with everybody else is because he's taking stuff out of you. And, and a lot of what, what a lot of us don't get is when you're anointed, you're also, you're also, I'm trying to think of the words, you're highly susceptible to everything around you. If you get too close to somebody else's spirit, it could rub off on you, but that could be another two years of him taking it out. So God, will, he'll, he'll let the plans fall through. Where are we going on vacation? Cancun? I'm saving my money. Then it seemed like all hell come against your money. You were like, Satan, I'm buying you. God said, no, that was me. Because you couldn't go to Cancun with them because they had a plan, but I had a plan. Uh, you couldn't be with everybody because they were going to contaminate what I was separating. I'm preaching at least five of you in here that understand it's been a lonely, rough journey. Somebody say he's bringing me back to community again. He, oh God. Now he's starting the process of integrating you back because you've been healed. Now you know how to war. Now you know how to guard your spirit. You didn't have this three years ago. You didn't have this. Come on, you didn't have this five months ago. God has been taking you through rough waters, rough seasons. You thought you were going to drown. Thought you were going to give up. Thought that your sin was going to cause his hand to cook. Just swoof on you. And when you, when you said, God, okay, all right, God, I messed up. God, just, and, and, and then he dealt, dealt with you in love. Most of us don't even know how to, didn't even know how to deal with that. It's like, when you going to hit me? Just, if you kill me, just take me quick. Just do it quick. Let it be something real quick. Just don't let it, let, don't let it something real quick, God. And then you woke up the next morning God, and, and you felt the presence of God laying in the bed. That made me cry more than anything. God, you don't want to kill me? You sure? Why? Why? Because he realized there was going to come a day when what he, everything he put in you, even the stuff that you said was the worst seasons of your life, he was training you. 
during the biggest mess ups of your life, he was training you in the mess up. Some of us didn't need to be around nobody to be contaminated. We contaminated our own self. <laughs> I need no contaminants. I was, I was a contaminant. I was like, Lord, how do I end up here again, Lord Jesus? And, and in that, you know what you want to know? You want to know what he taught me? He taught me this. He taught me this. Now, a lot of y'all going, you know, okay. He taught me this. He said, Crump, this, isn't even a, this is not even about your sin. It's about my purpose. This, it's not even about how bad it's not because you know what we're holding on how bad we've messed up I've been a bad boy I've been a bad girl daddy I'm sorry he's like no no it ain't about that he's, that's why before before you did it he had a, he had a, conting, a contingency plan in place if you confess your sins he is known as faithful he didn't say if you confess your sins and your sin is this then I'm faithful he said no if you confess it I'm faithful and I'm just to, here, here's the thing, to cleanse you. All around, okay, let, let, me, let me just end this verse. I'm just, somebody say, there is a spoil. There is a spoil. Watch this. With the spoil, look at what they did. They found in abundance. What time is it? 8.30, I got to get you all out of here quick. They found in abundance amongst them, watch this, both riches with the dead bodies. Ooh, I wish I had time tonight because Lord Jesus, say riches with dead bodies. bodies. Meaning, all the stuff that God had for them, they had to take it off of dead bodies. What a morbid way to get blessed. (laughs) Right? Take that ring off the king. Well, Lord, he's dead. Exactly, that's why I want you to take it off of him. I killed him so you could have it. Look at how God look at how God set them up. Watch this. You want to know why for a lot of us it seems morbid? Because we haven't, we haven't, we haven't in the spirit killed enough. Wow. Now that statement seems morbid. In the spirit, you haven't overcome too many things yet. To take something from somebody who was trying to kill you. Y'all don't like that kind of stuff. He says, watch this. Every spirit that has come against you is holding on to stuff that they stripped from other people's lives. Fear has stripped people of opportunity. Fear has stripped people of health. Fear has stripped people... when you're battling fear, what we don't do is when we, when we overcome fear, we don't take all of the opportunities that fear took from everybody. We don't take those opportunities. So think about that. Fear has, fear has robbed people from starting businesses. Fear has robbed people from being in relationships. Fear has robbed people from making money and getting jobs. When you overcome fear, the, 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 uh, the spoil that fear is carrying is all of those opportunities, all of that, all of those relationships. When you conquer fear, you get to take back from fear everything that spirit took from everybody. Collectively. You know what it's called? Boldness. Amen. So when you defeat a spirit, 
you get the spoil of what that spirit has been carrying that it stole from generations of people. I think nobody's ever taught you that. Because this is why most people are not tenacious enough to stick. This is what the Bible says, be steadfast and unmovable. Why? Because if I can defeat this thing, I get the spoil from whatever it's carrying. Think about that for a second. Think about how deep this runs. Think about how deep this runs. Think about anything that has ever, any spirit that has ever stole something from you. Think about that. And think about what happens when you overcome it. What you get back. Now, some of y'all are going to be like, I'm coming after everything now. <laughs> Forget all, I'm coming after everything. Because let me tell you something. When God, when God says, he whom the son sets free is free indeed, that means that anything that was held back from you because of that spirit, when you get free and free indeed, that means that there's no way possible for that thing to ever do that again unless you allow it. Amen. Unless you allow it. This is why the Bible says, don't be entangled again in the yoke of bondage. Talks about, it talks about going back to something God delivered you from. It's like a dog going back to its vomit. Why? Because the dog wants to eat it. I have a dog, I got a little pit bull, and she, and Brooke and them hate this. All of them hate this. She'll eat and go, and go, and Brooke is like, stop, dad. Donuts eating her vomit. I'm like, pull away from it. She doesn't know that it's bad because in the vomit, is still food. We know it's bad because it's vomit, but she tastes food and not vomit. So going back to something that God delivered you from means that your appetite has turned back over to what it used to be. So how do you, I'm giving y'all the in-depth class tonight. So how do, you, how do you change the appetite? By fasting. When you fast, it changes the appetite so you never want to go back to the vomit. Because there's nothing in you that wants to taste anything you've ever tasted. So the Bible says, what, what happens is, oh God, this is good stuff. I'm giving you all advanced class stuff tonight. This stuff I would teach in personal stuff. But watch this. This is why the Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. What is he doing? He's changing your appetite. You never got to fall back and be entangled in anything that you were once in if he delivers you once you taste what he has for you. You want to know when you want to go back to that? When you stop eating what he's given you. You stop eating the word, you're going to want to eat sin. Okay, forget, okay. Lord, I, I, can, I can stay on that for like two hours, but we don't have time. All right, watch this. Both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels which they stripped off for themselves. This is, a, this is a natural principle, but I wanted you to see it in a spiritual light. They, they were, the armies were coming against them. These are like spirits of the enemy that fight you. But once you defeat them and, and, and you've overcome them, that's it. Everything that they have, he, this is what God told them, go after it. Get it all. They stripped it off for who? themselves and look at look what happened 
Now think about this. If you come after fear, or fear, fear has been fighting you, but you start fighting fear back, uh-uh, God is not giving the spirit of fear, but the power and love and a sound mind. And you start being bold, and you overcome all fear, and you're no longer afraid to be in front of people, you're no longer afraid to, to get into new situations, and that spirit of fear breaks off you for real, then you can say, in the name of Jesus, I demand for everything that fear stole from me and from everybody else in my bloodline and from people around the world. Because I defeated the spirit. I want all of it. God, let that become part of my spoil and give it all to me. This is how, this is, now, now think about that. If that's how you lived, you wouldn't be trying to sin. Because the adventure is, what am I getting next? There's so, there's so much stuff that you get when you, God bless you, when you win the...